third time's the charm. Okay, and welcome to the second episode of the Spinner is Lit Pinball Podcast. Tonight, I have a very special guest, and he's a professional cabinet maker by trade who's going to talk to us about cabinet repairs and restoration. Welcome to the show, Chris Bannister. Well, thank you, Spencer. Hey, let's start off about pinball. Uh, how'd you get into pinball? Uh, I got into pinball through um, my neighbor and a mutual friend, friend of ours. That would be Mr. Eric Neff, also known as Cheddar. Um, we first moved into the neighborhood. Him and his wife had invited us over, and uh, we were got to talking about things. And he's like, hey, do you like to play pinball? And I said, sure. You know, as a kid, I played pinball at pizza place uh, all the time. You know, but I hadn't played in years. Um, so we went back to the game room and, uh, it didn't take, uh, didn't take long for me to get really, really bit with the, uh, with the bug. And, uh, just a few weeks later I picked up my first game. Yeah. What was that first game? Black Knight 2000, which by the way, has the best soundtrack of all, all of pinball. I tend to agree. Uh, and it's a Steve Ritchie game, and you can't go wrong. And I no. played it at your house, so and it's awesome. It it is a great game, and uh, yeah. So, and I brought it home, and I parked it in my kitchen. <laughs> Believe it or not, my wife wasn't thrilled, and and uh, I parked it in there with the promise that I'd uh, you know in a month or two get to uh, remodeling the kitchen. So she grudgingly agreed, and uh, over the course of a few days, I noticed her starting to play it more and more. And, uh, then she's like, Hey, you know, this pinball thing's pretty good. We should get some more of these. And, uh, it's <laughs> now we have a, quite a collection. Yeah, you do, man. You got an awesome collection and, uh, I always enjoy coming over and playing it. Uh, so how did you get into cabinet making as a trade? Um, it's gotta be a genetic thing to a certain degree. Uh, I grew up with my dad being a cabinet maker for, uh, 27 years or so um and uh remember being a kid and going to various cabinet shops that he had and playing in the sawdust and hanging out um you know because my mom and my dad would you know both be working there and uh when i was a teenager i i got a job at a cabinet shop here in lodi that my dad worked at and i started at the very bottom and that was well years ago now <laughs> and uh now i own my own shop and uh, do all kinds of uh of fun projects Yes, yeah, some very fun projects. Um, down the road here, probably after we do the show, I got to post pictures of your pinbot, which uh, is the nicest pinbot I have ever seen. And you did a, you just you you did do a new cabinet on that. You just uh, uh, did restenciling on that, repainting. Uh, yes, I I did uh, a rather extensive uh, bit of structural work to it, uh, and. <laughs> what could essentially be classified as uh nearly auto body work because uh, i i was going for uh the nicest one that anyone had ever seen so uh it's it's an original cabinet it's the original cabinet for the game it's just um it's covered and it's like better than new yes it is yes it is and and you did custom paint on i mean as far as custom colors that match the sides of the game, the red and the blue, if I recall. Yeah, you see, I when I'm when I'm doing a project, especially when I'm restoring something, I want to do some just a little something that gives it uh, its own little character, you know, something that uh, 
kind of gives it its own little life, sets it apart. Oh yeah, and that definitely does set it apart. So so yeah, so listeners, um, check out my Facebook page after you listen to the show. I'll have some nice photos of the of the pinbot up there you can look at. Um, so uh, if if you get a pinball cabinet, you get a pinball game, and the cabinet's got some issues. Uh, what are the first steps to you know like um, you know like say you want to restencil a cabinet, the paint's rough on it. How do you do this? You know, for us at home, how do how do we do it? Well, you know, uh, the the starting point for any restoration project, be it for a pinball machine, a car, a house, it's all the same. You all got to start at the same point. You got to stop, stand back, look at it. You got to decide what it is that you really want to accomplish with it. You got to form a plan. Without a plan, you're just going to tear it apart and it's going to set and it's going to set and eventually you're going to get rid of it and let someone else figure it out. Uh, got to start with the plan. So you get a machine, it's a little rough, um, you know, open it up, take a look at it, look at the, uh, look at the joints of the head. Uh, the heads tend to get from, you know, being moved around, being shaken. They tend to be a little, little wonky in their weight. Uh, the joints loosen up, especially on a pinball machine. Um, you know, uh, the joints on the, uh, the main cabinet will, the leg bolt brackets will loosen up. Uh, the, the bottoms have its tendency to get blown out as well. Um, you know, and it's all normal stuff, but you gotta, you gotta give a, a real fair assessment as to where you're starting and where you want to end up. <clears throat> so that being said, I mean, if you want to get into, um, the most basic, uh, thing I think in, you can do is to, um, well, of course, tear it down. You got to get, you want to get the boards out of it so that you're not dusting the boards, causing any damage to those. Um, take lots of photos. We all have these wonderful smartphones in our pockets now that hold thousands of photos. Take many, many photos. <laughs> um, give yourself all the help you can. Um, you know, clear out the play field, clear out the electronics. Um, and basically, for a lot of machines, you're going to have scratches, dance dings, stuff like that. But uh, mostly the, the original plywood of the box is going to be in reasonably good shape unless it's been exposed to a lot of moisture, which is another topic altogether. <laughs> One okay. of, a pro yeah, a project I have going right now is a, um, a Gottlieb Genie that uh, – I, I don't know if someone used it as a boat or what, but it, uh, it is the worst worst cabinet I've ever, ever seen. And every time I touch it, a part falls off. So uh, and I, I've made a new box for that. But, uh, you know, basically uh, you want to sand that old paint off. Paint after 25, 30, or 40 years uh, it tends to kind of chalk up. Um, the grain of the plywood tends to open up. you got to sand it. You don't need a lot of, you know, specialty tools for that. Um, you know, various grits of, of uh, sandpaper and a sanding block and some time, and you can do a great job of sanding it down. But you want to get all the loose paint off of it. Um, and then you can do, you know, basic filling of uh, dents and dings, stuff like that. You can use uh, wood putty. Um, you, can use, uh, you can use Bondo, the actual Bondo that you, you know, use on cars. Um, but it all depends on on how much you want to get into it and what your final picture is. So if I was going to use Bondo, there'd be a little bit more work than sand or wood putty. 
absolutely. Botto is a much, much harder product. Um, and it, another thing to keep in mind, too, is that pinball machines, the, you know, the older ones, um, they were all uh, you know paint sprayed over plywood. Well, over time, the grain of the plywood opens up, you know, so you have you have that nice wood grain on there. Now, depending on the picture you want to see, uh, anywhere that you fill with either wood putty or bondo, you're not going to have wood grain. It's going to be you know a spot. So you, you you if you're not planning on veneering over the entire cabinet, you're planning on just kind of sanding it down and giving it a paint job. You got to keep that in mind too. Um, is that you don't you don't want to spread uh, wood putty uh, you know, on large portions of things because you'll fill the grain in spots and then when you paint it you'll see these smooth spots and then the wood grain spots. Got it, got it. Wow, that's a good tip. Okay, so then uh, say we've got it all you know uh, puttied and sanded smooth down in the bare wood. Um, where do we go from there? We have, I guess, a base coat. Like I know when I had my pinbot, you could see it was planking real bad on one side. So if I was going to do that, if I still own that game, um, so before I stencil, I would just do a black, basically like a gloss black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all depends on the on the color scheme for your machine. Um, you know, uh, th as far as as mixing up colors, I, I kind of like to leave the the main body color uh original and and then kind of play around with the other two or three uh you know accent colors a little bit um but yeah you definitely want to uh you want to put a good undercoater on it now uh living in california we've got a lot of restrictions as far as the type of paint that we can get here um and restrictions on, on usage and stuff like that um <clears throat> so pretty much we're we're sort of all, all that we have at our uh, disposal is acrylics here, which is okay because uh, they've done a lot with acrylic paint over the last, you know, handful of years. Um, but you want to coat it with a with a good undercoat or primer, something that's a heavy build. And uh, the nice thing is with the primer, you're going to be sanding it. So if you don't have access to you know really nice spray equipment, you can roll it on. You know? Oh, with a paint roller. With a, yeah, with a paint roller, exactly. Okay. Okay, good to know. See, I had no idea about any of this stuff, so this is good. Probably the best way to go with that would be a uh, a foam uh, roller. Mm -hmm. um, they're inexpensive, you know, and they are disposable. Um, and like I said, with your primer, with your base coat, it's a high build sort of stuff. So you want it to build. You want to get a couple of good coats on there, and you want to sand in between your coats. It'll help smooth and fill things a little, uh, and it'll give you a nice, um, you know, a, a nice clean canvas to paint on. Now, if your body color is say like on Pinbot is black, you can help yourself out by uh, you go to the paint store and you're getting primer. Have them throw some black tin in it. You know, uh, give your primer some some color. Um, you know, conversely, if you have a light colored machine, uh, you just leave it white. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, you, you can always tint your, uh, undercoater to, to be closer to your final color. It'll help you. You'll require, uh, fewer coats of your, of your, uh, color coat that way. So, oh yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I, I had no idea. I never would have thought about that of tinting the primer, but that, see that, that right there, a perfect tip. For anybody who's never done this before and is going to jump in and get in the garage and do it the first time. So that's awesome. Okay. So now right now you're building a whole new cabinet for Genie, if I recall correctly. 
Yes, I am. Okay, it, cool. It is. Uh, it when I bought it, it came encased, as I said, in a cabinet that I don't know, like. I said I think someone used it as a as a rowboat. I'm really not certain. <laughs> I've seen the pictures, but I haven't actually seen the game yet. So. Um, but I saw some pictures you posted. It looks pretty. I think there was actually some moss growing in one place. Um, the, uh, the the display door um, being MDF and getting very, very wet, uh, it, it, it expanded so that it actually swelled around the light bulbs. Uh, and it grew, wow. it grew a, a rather impressive amount of mold. But the important thing is with this machine is um, I got it at a very good price. The play field is in fantastic shape. Uh, the boards are all in fantastic shape. Um, and I think I'm going to have a winner once I get the cabinet finished up. Now, you're, so you're building this cabinet from the, from the ground up from scratch. Ground up from scratch, brand new materials. What I'm doing, though, is I'm duplicating essentially uh, materials and, for the most part, um, and uh, – also construction techniques. So I'm using the same joinery that the factory used. Um, I'm using, I, I think, a slightly better grade of plywood. Uh, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of picky when it comes to uh, lumber, uh, just by habit. Um, so I'm using, I think, a, a better uh, veneered grade of plywood. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, all the, all the construction techniques are exactly the same. So, and 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 in reality, it. It made for a sturdy box. I mean, that thing is, you know, 40 years old or nearly 40 years old, and it, it it's still holding together kind of sort of, even with, you know, being very, very wet. That's amazing, and that's kind of a testament to the, the quality of Gottlieb. You know, I mean, they were known in that era still as the Cadillac of pinball, and uh, it shows because a lot of those old games are still in really good condition. I mean, yeah, just, you know, never, never restored, unrestored games. Okay, so mm – -hmm. So now you have a whole cabinet shop at your disposal. Um, that I do, yeah, and that does make things a little easier. Okay, so for a guy like me, I've got a garage, I've got woodworking tools, I've got you know some uh, you know you know uh, electric and cordless hand saws, um, you know uh, I've got a, a worm gear saw and, a, and I always call it a steel saw, a circular saw. I've got a couple mm -hmm. of sawzalls. I've got a drill press. Um, you know, I've got some saw horses. Um, what else might I need if I was going to say, you know, I got a just blown out cabinet and I want to just build a new one. Could I do that in my garage? Absolutely. The one, the one item that you will definitely need and very much appreciate is a good router. Uh, you can pick up a, a good router, um, for, uh, $150. Um, you can get a, a, a reasonably good router for less, but I mean, if you if you're gonna if it's something that you really want to get into doing, you know, go buy the the Porter Cable router. Uh, you just a couple of router bits that you need, just rabbiting bits, you know, because the joinery on most all pinball machines is is straightforward enough. They're all box joints. They're box glue joints. Um, it's, it's sort of um, it's like a mortise and tenon at the corner, uh, and some of them have a, a 45 degree, but that's not something we're you know, worrying too much about, but essentially all you're doing is you're taking, you know, two, three quarter inch, uh, thick pieces of wood where they only have three quarters of an inch contact and you're, you're routing uh, a mortise and a tenon, uh, you know, one on each side, uh, and, and you're increasing the, the, uh, the gluing surface. And, and really the reality is it's a gluing surface. It's a glue that's going to hold everything together. Um, 
nails are great screws are not uh one thing that kills me when i see older machines that have uh you know uh gapping uh, cabinet uh, seams is uh, that somebody will go and run a couple of three inch screws through it and which is the worst thing you can do because it, it's plywood and, and you're running you know a rather large chunk of steel into that plywood and all you're doing is separating it you know never ever run okay. screws through a pinball machine <laughs> right exactly and i've seen people do that so to do repairs especially around where the leg bolts go and that's a notorious spot for that so um i would also need i, I actually have a, a decent router um i uh i'm assuming we'd also need clamps you know clamps are good um the bar clamps especially you can you can pick up like 36 inch um bar clamps uh fairly inexpensively um actually garage sales i found to be a great place to get uh bar clamps I, a lot of the bar clamps that i have and i have them in all different sizes um are just old old ones that i've picked up at garage sales for you know five bucks um Low, wow no that's that's a great tip low garage sales so does so does my wife well you know my wife yeah. rusty uh i actually yeah. the last couple i bought i i i, I did the 30 inches I actually bought it Harbor Freight, so you know, because I was there. So, well, you know, the, the thing with Harbor Freight. Now, I, I, I have, I have two ways of thinking about this. Um, from, from my professional point of view, I'm like, oh, Harbor Freight tools, you know, generally not something that I'm going to buy. Why? Because I have to, uh, you know, I, I have a shop, I have production, I have big, heavy equipment and heavy machinery. When I buy tools, uh, I need them to, to be able to take a, a huge amount of abuse for a long time. The other side of that is if I'm just at home working on the garage on a project, it's really hard to beat some of the Harbor Freight tools, you know? Right, right. And for stuff like that, for, uh, you know, hand, the hand tools, non-electrical, um, you know, I get stuff for my, my job all the time there because I can just burn through it and uh, it pays for itself. But, yeah, I've had good luck with stuff like clamps and things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and listen, you, you can never have too many clamps. Clamps are a wonderful, wonderful thing. So now talking about glue, what – I mean obviously a wood glue, but is there is there a type you recommend? Uh, I would – personally, I would use um, – a very particular brand is Tie Bond. Um, it's you know it's an old brand that's been around forever. Uh, Tie Bond two or three. Tie Bond three is an actually um, nearly uh, waterproof uh, type of glue. It's it's a it's drying time is different. Its workability is a little different. Um, I like Tie Bond two. It's kind of a good general purpose make wood stick together, not come apart kind of glue. Um, and, and again, it's something you, that's something you can get at Lowe's or Home Depot, and it's not very expensive, but uh, definitely wood glue. And and when you're using glue, don't be afraid to use the glue. Um, squeeze out is a good thing. When you clamp a joint together and you have glue squeeze out of the joint, that means you have put enough glue in the joint. Um, you know, and, and tie bond uh, you know cleans up with a wet rag, so it's it's not a nice. Yeah. Yeah. Never be afraid to put glue in the joint. Okay. In so fact, if I have glue coming over, I can just wipe it off and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yes. You, you want to have squeeze out when you're joining wood together, you know? Okay. So, um, so we've got the cat, say we've got the cabinet built and we're, uh, we've got the paint, you know, the base coat, the primer, the base coat. Now we're going to stencil it. Oh man! Or, or decals. Let's go stenciling. Let's talk about decals after that. 
All right. Stenciling. Stenciling's fun. Um, the first time I did stencils, I was a complete um, nervous wreck, you know, and, and I, I, I completely overthought it and overworked it. Uh, and it came out all right, but I, I just made a mess of my own nerves. Um, as far as stencils go, I really, really myself like the stencils from uh, Pinball Pimp. Um, I think the the quality of the stencils is spot on. Um, you know, they cut everything to order, so it hasn't been sitting around for a while. Um, so it flattens out easily. Um, the the material itself is fresh, so it sticks down well. Doesn't fight with you. Um, and he's got on his website actually a link to uh, it, it, you know their own instructional video, which you know he makes it look so easy <laughs> and then once i watched that video and it's like man no it really is easy it's uh it, you know it's all about it's all about the registration it's all about where you start you know you, you pick a corner or sometimes the stencils will tell you which corner of the cabinet to start on you line it up at the corner and you stick it down and it's 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 only as hard as you make it so basically everything we've talked about so far anybody with a basic knowledge of tools and a little patience and a notepad to write out a, a game plan could, could do this at home. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's within the grasp of, of most people, you know, and it, but just like with any restoration, it has to be something that you are into and you're into seeing through to the end. Um, you know, a, a lot of restorations, especially with things like cars have this tendency to start off real gung ho and then sort of, you know, stall out and then set, um, you know, if, if you're, if you have a game that you're, you're thinking about, uh, starting a restoration on, you know, you, you got to commit to it cause it's going to take you some time. Okay. But if, if you spend the time on it and you put the passion into it, when you're done, you're going to have something really, really wonderful that you can say, yeah, that's, I did that. That's my work. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Well, again, I've seen your pin bot, man. And, uh, it is just, I mean, everybody's seen it, everybody's played it, all agrees. It's, it's you know, it, it looks better than new and plays better than new. So, um, of course, you've got a new play field, new play field plastics. Um, you know, I know you got LEDs in it, but the cabinet is just, I mean, it looks like it just rolled off the assembly line. Actually, better. Now, now clear coat. Uh, I want to talk about clear coat for a minute. Um, what do you use for clear coat? Like, like that thing to shine. What did you use? Actually, Pidbot is not clear coated. Oh, really? It's not? No, oh, it's wow. not. <laughs> okay. No, it it no it, it it looks like it is, and it's got a cool effect going to it because there's two different sheens going on. Now the base color is is black, of course, and it is uh, satin. That's the other thing to remember too. You can do a lot. Not only with color, but also with you know varying uh, the sheen of a paint, and th and this is more for customizing. Um, you know, stock factory paint jobs uh, I think are more towards flat um, for a variety of reasons. Paint's cheaper; it's easier to work with. Um, you know, it 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 hides mistakes better, um, stuff like that. But uh, Pinmot got um, satin black on the cabinet, and then for the what was originally red and yellow turned out to be uh, red and yellow, blue and yellow, and green and orange, and <laughs> so uh, all those are uh, gloss. And and what that does is it uh, it allows that uh, all the all the art color to to really pop off that black. 
So there's virtually no clear color at all. It's just the gloss colors, and then the black is a satin. Correct. Wow. Now, as I'm going forward, because I'm I'm always I'm always trying new things and always trying to look for for a way to do whatever I'm doing a little better. Um, I'm I'm actually working now on on uh, clear coating uh, and the cabinets that I have in the shop now. Um, when I finally get all the the color done on them, um, I will be clear coating them just for an extra layer of protection um, and just make them, you know, give them a nice sheen, a nice even sheen and, and things like that. But uh, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's an interesting thing uh, being in California um, and having, not having access to uh, you know, all the paints that manufacturers can make and sell in other places. So it's, you have to be, um, you have to be willing to do research and, and uh, you know, buy samples and test things to, uh, to find stuff that works. And, and, uh, I've been successful to that end. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm really excited to see how genie comes out. GD is going to be a pretty nice looking game. Well, I mean, when that one left the factory, it was a pretty nice looking game. The art on that machine is, is fantastic. Uh, the color scheme is great. It really is. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be very exciting to see that. I, I don't think that one's going to make it to Pinagogo this year, is it? Um, I don't think it is. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of project. Um, if I if I somehow do manage to get it complete, all the you know, all the painting done and get it reassembled and working, then I'm going to try to bring it. But it's it's uh, it's iffy at this point. We're uh, we're getting pretty close, and and I have a number of responsibilities for the show too yeah yeah you and me both and we're going to discuss that in a later episode on the spinner's lip pinball podcast uh just not right now because tonight we're talking to you about cabinet restoration and and repair tips um did you have anything else you'd like to add uh just you know for the for the listeners out there that are maybe thinking about this and have never done it you know don't be afraid to try stuff um I wouldn't, you know, if, if someone out there listening has a, a particularly rare machine that, you know, could use a paint job or, uh, you know, could use some, some structural work. Um, I wouldn't start with that, you know, be realistic with yourself. If you don't have a background in doing these sorts of things, be realistic with yourself. You, you know, you, you're going to, it's going to be some trial and error and you're going to learn some things as you go. Um, but, uh, like the first cabinet that I restored, um, was a, a, exceptionally beat up uh comet that i bought from another friend of ours <laughs> um i, I remember and, the comet and you uh because i didn't mean to interrupt you but i remember the comet because it was like when when seth got it it was uh wasn't it like like left out and like like just like out on a back porch in the rain for like six months it or had that look it definitely had that look to it yeah so yeah, it looked like that it was, was truck on the freeway for half an hour <laughs> it was pretty rough i don't i i got it home and my wife's like why did you buy this <laughs> i said Be, because i am going to learn things with this machine and and i did uh not only with uh you know restoring the cabinet but also uh electronics and and finer points of of the the mech and wiring and all the other fun stuff because you know it had it had some some unhappy spots in it so yeah <laughs> but it was, it was good you know, at lead it, it, night, and it was it was beautiful. It, it looked like again, it looked like the cabinet and the playfield, everything looked like that. It just rolled off the assembly line when you're done with it. 
Yeah, well, yeah, now I, I could stand there and point out every single flaw with it, but uh, as I said, it was my first first machine that I wanted to restore, and I, and I, I pick it up for the learning experience. And you got to – anyone who wants to start restoring anything, I mean, like I said, there's going to be a learning curve. Um, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to learn, um, and you're going to get better each time. So, um, so you know, buy an but old it's a beat up comet and start with that. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you can find a beat up comet somewhere, <laughs> or, or maybe just any any you know older early solid state or EM game. Um, you know, because if you mess it up, you can just shove it in the corner and nobody will see that side. Yeah, well, the nice thing about paint too is if you mess it up, you can sand it and paint it again. There you go. You know, and it, it does happen. So. Well, right on. I know, no, you know, these are some wonderful tips. And like for me, I've never painted a cabinet. You know, I, I've used some wood putty and I've, not, I've never even used Bondo, uh, but I've used wood putty on things before. So um, these are some wonderful tips for the listeners and the pinball people who maybe, you know, maybe they've done a, a play field uh, swap out or, um, you know, rewired, uh, done a whole wiring harness or other things, but maybe they've just never done any woodworking and got no cabinet yet. So, um, uh, you know, your, your tips and tricks tonight have been really cool, and I've learned a lot just talking with you for the last uh, uh, little bit here. Um, I think that's pretty much all we have, unless you have anything else to add to that. No, just, uh, you know, if you want to get into it, be patient with yourself and, uh, you know, and, and enjoy it too. Part of the the part of the allure of restoration for me um, is that you get to bring life back to something, you know. And and it's I, I do it, you know. I I don't I don't restore pinball cabinets or work on pinball machines for anything work related. It's it, it's only hobby for me. It's it's my fun decompression thing and um you know it's like today i i spend most of my work day looking forward to coming home and working on pinball parties <laughs> um you know because i i'm passionate about about restoration I, I like bringing old things back to life you know and uh and, and you got to keep that in mind you're 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 giving life back to something right and and again because i've seen your work and i've played your work i know how good it is so I think we'll leave off there. Uh, again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, fellow listeners and pinheads, this has been Chris Bannister, a professional cabinet maker and a hobbyist pinball restorer. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, that's our show for tonight. Uh, if you'd like to comment, you can reach me at thespinnerislit at gmail.com. This has been Episode 2 of the Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you around the corner. Play pinball, keep America strong.